0: Good morning, good morning everyone, this, this is daily practice success podcast and okay there's the next door, okay, so I am here with Dr. Heimang, he works with startups and design product and leverage AI, okay, um, hello? All right. So it was Dr. Him- Himang. He, his mic was um, making an echo. And um, so I'm going to remove him real quick, but I'm going to bring him out. But he is here to share with us um, fundamentals. Fundamentals when you're innovating products, how do you innovate products that will be loved by your customers? Um, he is here to share with us some of his he- insight, insight about designing a product that, that would be great to bring out to the marketplace and also he has worked with a lot of startups and he has a lot of experience when innovating and building a business so i'm excited for this because he has a a lot of fundamentals that would benefit my audience and the way he thinks and especially um, the way he talks is design thinking and design thinking talks about when you're innovating a product and you want to bring it out to the marketplace there's this list of steps you got to go go through in order for you to find out if your product is actually good enough to actually bring out to the marketplace and to find out if it's going to succeed at the beginning because there's a lot of products you can innovate and a lot of products you could just hey that's a good you think that's a great idea but hey when it comes when you present it to the customers, they might not like it. So there's, I'm excited because he's gonna share with us fundamentals on the way we have to think in order for us to design a product that our customers would love. So I'm excited for this. And so I'm gonna bring him out, Dr. Himeng, and he's here to talk, share with us a lot of insight about innovating a product and how, how to innovate a product that our customer would love. So I'm gonna bring him out. So we get to meet him a little bit more and ask him a lot of questions. So yeah, let's do it. Hi, Dr. Himan.
1: Hey, Jonathan. Thank you for the very kind introduction.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, that was very short. We wanted to know a little bit more about you. You have worked with a lot of startups and you are a consultant um, to this startup and you Teach them and how to get the their product into the marketplace and how to get that product. Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Um, Sure. So I live in a city called Bangalore. Um, It's in the southern part of India, also known as uh, India's Silicon Valley. There's a lot of startups which are creating the new and the different out here. Uh, Now, prior to moving to Bangalore, uh, I grew up in a city called Mumbai, which is, I would say, India's premier financial city, one of the four metros. I did my engineering there, uh, moved to the US. I worked on my doctorate in electrical engineering, which I got from Drexel University. (laughs) Uh, Lived in Philly, bleed green, support eagles till this date. You know, after I completed my doctorate, I lived in San Diego working for a large firm that works in the area of semiconductors. So out there, and even through my research days, I was always involved in creating the new and different. The applications were towards the new research that we were trying to do, trying to figure out a better way to make tech products. Uh, And overall, I immersed myself in the area of how can I innovate better? And once I learned how to do it, My goal began, uh, my goal became, how do I teach this to other people that are working with me? Uh, People say even outside of my workplace, how do I inspire them? And I found design thinking was a very effective way, very easy way for any person to just start practicing and apply it in their lives. Uh, Now, when I work with startups, I try to help them navigate their challenges. I try to help them figure out the innovations in their products. My other expertise is intellectual property. So I try to help them, you know, work on their IP strategy and make sure that they are building a portfolio of innovations.
0: Mm, that's very interesting. Dr. Himeng, so you said you move from San Diego to San Diego, California to move move, move back to India? To
1: Canada, correct.
0: Oh, wow. So so we're gonna talk about design thinking and especially design thinking because I want that fundamentals, but um, walk us through um why didn't you stay to america why did you move back to india
1: so when i left uh, india for the first time for my studies i mm-hmm. told my parents that i'm only going for my masters that's going to be a two-year program and i'll be back
0: oh okay
1: <laughs> i started working on uh, on my research project with a professor six months in and i'm like two years is not going to help me in any way you know i will just know Uh, about the topic i was studying i just know a very tiny bit Mm. so i got to study this further and a doctorate was the best way that i could gain the information i was seeking to attain so that two years became five years and then i said you know what i'd love to become a professor I'd, i'd love to work in the industry so let me work for a bit so that so slowly you know the years kept on adding and when i had my first kid we were like you know what we are missing the family connection that the, the my son should have. You know? mm. So I grew up very closely around my numerous aunts and uncles and cousins and all that. And I wanted my kids to to have that family attachment. So I got a very good role to move back to India. And I'm like, you know what, let's let's try this. Uh, living in the US was amazing. Uh, both Philly and Sandy have been, uh, been very fortunate to work there, uh, did a lot of good things, learned a lot of sports, uh, did a lot of physical activities but I had to move back uh, just to try things out. And I'm happy so far it's, it's working well.
0: Ah, oh, that's amazing. Um, so moving back just so that you could have that family connection, it, you can't have it without, because it's it's hard when your family is like over there and you're over here. And now that you have your own family, you're like, okay, I wanna move back. It, um, well, it's at least it's a lot cheaper, right?
1: It is uh, so. <laughs> India, India changed a lot in the years I was away. So a lot of mm-hmm. things became quite expensive, even even more than the U.S. So, for example, what I was used to spending, like let's say at a Starbucks, that mm-hmm. kind of would be at the same rate between the U.S. and India. So in a lot of things, uh, India became quite expensive. But wow. yeah, overall, overall, when you look at a bunch of other factors, uh, the cost of living is lesser compared to your uh, compared mm-hmm. to the U.S. Uh, some of those uh, taxes and all that can be also a bit different. Uh, and, and again, I think most of all, when it comes to meeting family, although I'm in Bangalore, so for me to get from Bangalore to Mumbai is a one-hour flight versus a 30-hour flight and months of planning if I had to get from California back to India. You know? <laughs> so I think that was a big intangible.
0: Yeah, it's it's a long way to go that uh, you wouldn't yeah. want to do. <laughs> okay, Dr. Himing, um take us a little back, a little back, a, a lot more back. Um, how did your passion for innovation started? Were you a kid
1: or? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think I've, I've always been interested in learning how something works. Mm. So that curiosity uh, is fundamental to anyone who wants to work in the area of innovation. Like you're always trying to figure out how does this work? And I also realized that my curiosity was not just limited to, see the science and the technical stuff. Like I, re- I remember going to bookstores and I would just stumble upon a book. So one of the very early books I, I very clearly remember is a book called Why We Buy. It is, it is why. Uh, you know why we behave in certain ways when we are in departmental stores and how these stores try to capture our attention. And they, mm. wow, this is amazing. you know they are really putting a lot of metrics, a lot of measurements behind how consumers behave in a lot of areas. And also they are reacting to that. They are they're creating something new, not just to appear very salesy, of course, that is their goal. But they're also trying to make our experience a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I've always been interested in, in learning the new and the different. Uh, sports is all, also a great way to enhance your curiosity because as a fan, what you re- realize is you move quickly from how the scoreboard moves towards the strategic elements of the game. Like, hey, how is the team planning? Why are they choosing this player? Why are they keeping him or her in, in a particular spot? And I, I like to apply all of these things and you know, I try to take it to to my work.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's funny because guys, it's it's not it's design people like um, what Dr. Heman said is it's the store are designed to actually make our experience better and also make us buy things that we want like those candy bars at the cashier next to the cashier they're they're designed they're not there because they want them there they're actually designed because of our behavior and dr him he 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 knows that like how does people buy certain product how can they position a product to for that a customer would buy it and i i want to get into that dr Hime Tell us a little bit more about what design thinking is, because I think that's pretty much what that is, right? Position a product so the customer would love it and would buy it, and that's what they would want it. And tell us a little bit more about that design thinking and the fundamentals of it.
1: Sure, so design thinking is an innovation framework. Mm. And the approach which I I use, it's a five-step cycle, and I'll tell you what, what they are. But to me, it's fundamentally, a way to create experiences, which are wow experiences. You know, these are the unforgettable experiences. So imagine if you are a business owner who is releasing a product to your customer. Mm-hmm. What do you want that customer to not only be very happy with your product, but hopefully that customer becomes your chief evangelizer. You know, word of mouth is very important, and when your customer willingly, happily tells their friends and their family members, and guess what? I bought this thing today. It's magical. It's going to solve your problems in a specific area. Now, that thing, that word of mouth is going to drive sales through through the roof for you. Now, what design thinking really, and how do you get there? So it's a five-stage journey. The first stage is called empathy, which means you put yourself in somebody else's shoes and you're that somebody else is your customer. Now, after you figure out what your customers are looking for, what their problems are, you try to analyze those behaviors, their emotional cues, and you move to the defined stage. When you go into the defined stage, what you're trying to do is from everything that you've observed, you try to extract a couple of key problem statements. You are distilling all the information that you've gathered into a question that, what is it that is bothering my customer? And hopefully, you you find the answer, that my customer is bothered by x. And now, we're going to solve for x. Now, how do you solve it? You move to the third phase, which is called ideation. You bring together a group of people. You could do this by yourself also, but I recommend if you have a team that you're working with, bring everyone together and just brainstorm a bit. And when you're doing this, imagine no limits. right? Imagine you have all the resources, all the money, all the time in the world to solve it. You're trying to generate a volume of ideas. Okay, You're thinking tons of ideas, not just one or two. you Imagine whiteboard filled with uh, sticky notes, with just ideas flying left, right, and center. Now at that point, after that is over, you take a pause and you look at all the ideas you've generated and you move to the fourth stage, which is called as prototype. Now, you can't implement every idea. That's unrealistic. But from everything you've generated, you pick one or two which you feel you can implement easily. And of course, they should solve the the problem that you set out on solving. And in prototyping, the goal, again, is to create something which is quick and dirty. Think, Think of stuff that you can implement for a very small cost, like say, $50 or or $100, right? not too expensive. Things where you can just slap things together, and you move to the next stage, which is called as test. Now, testing means you get early feedback. So hopefully, one of those customers you spoke with is kind enough to look at your prototype and give you that input that, yeah, I think this will work for me if you refine it a bit better and all that. Mm. So these are the five stages, and then you Repeat them a couple more times because, of course, you can get good feedback and bad feedback and you might do some refinements here and there.
0: Hmm, that, That's very interesting. So if I have an idea, I want to bring um, a problem I want to solve for my customers uh, and I want to create this and I want to create it fast, get feedback and then produce um, like tweak it so that it will be a lot better. However, how long does it really take? how long does it take after like the initial feedback and the initial launch? And like before I tweak it again and again and again and again, um, how do I know if the product is actually really good for the customers or is actually, oh, it's no good?
1: A Very important question. Uh, there's a reason why you have the testing phase. Because a mm. number of times when we launch products, we are creating it in vacuum. What I mean is, I'm going to be there in my, in my office. I'm going to be there in my you know black room or something. I'm going to create something and say, hey, well, my product is launched. Now customers go buy it. So you've never given a chance to your customer to provide you feedback while you are building it. And so it becomes, I would call, like a blind test that you spend all this time, money, developing something. And now the only validation you're going to get is if the cash register is ringing. Mm-hmm. Now, the test phase in design thinking is meant to avoid that. That even before you launch it, you try to get some early feedback. And remember, when people are given something to hold in their hands, or if they play around with, let's say, a software you built, they're yeah. going to give you feedback. They're going to tell you, right. hey, I think this is working. I think this is not working. Or I find this too cumbersome to you know to go ahead with. Listen to that and then make the refinements. So the idea is is the analogy I give you is most movie makers, they spend a lot of time, let's say a year, two years plus, creating a big blockbuster movie. And the only way they know if that thing is going to work is on the Friday that the movie releases. Imagine all that time, money spent, and the feedback. Even if it's a flop, they get to know once it's in the theaters. Now, again, imagine if all these movie makers could get some feedback that, hey, my audience is laughing at the segments where I want them to laugh. Or when I want them to be afraid, they are giving me fear. So I have I have indication that this thing is working. That's mm-hmm. when they can go all in, you know, as uh, if you look at poker and all that, right? You, you go all in at only certain select times when you know that you have, a say, a winning hand.
0: Right. And you're, you're a bit more sure of that. The product or services or yeah product you're building is you know it's actually going to take off um that's very interesting to me so um on your with your experience dr himing um t- tell me a little bit more you probably have helped a lot of startups and some um, some of them actually went out and be successful but i want to know is like the product the the startup that you help or product that you have created that actually failed um tell us a little bit more of that because if my customer my audience is actually to go to an idea and then pursue it what are some of the challenges that that they need to watch out for when building a product and yeah when building a product
1: sure i I think things fail because a lot of times you're not solving for the customer need. Mm. A lot of times products are created because uh, the founder or the owner of that company wanted to create a product in that domain. They didn't actually pay attention to whether there was a true need for that thing in their customers. A lot of times also, they don't know who their customer is. Now Mm. take something as fundamental as toothpaste. Hopefully, everyone who's listening to your show wakes up, and the first thing they do is they brush their teeth. But if you look at toothpaste, a toothpaste has customers. A two-year-old, three-year-old has a different toothpaste. Someone who has sensitive teeth, they have other toothpaste, and so on, which Mm -hmm. means that you have customer segments. So number of times, companies and businesses do not clearly know who their customer is and what their true needs are. And finally, they haven't brought their customer into that journey. It's very important to listen to the voice of the customer, especially while you're building and also while you're marketing. So a lot of companies that I am familiar with that did not do that well were not paying attention to the customer as such. They were good in creating what they did, but they ignore the most important aspect of, the one who was giving them that, that sale, you know, which is the customer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So okay. when you say, sorry, customer is king, it doesn't just always mean after after they made the purchase, right? You, right. You have to make sure the king is taken care of even while you are making that amazing feast for them.
0: Okay. I, I see w- w- where is that coming from. And you are absolutely correct. Is because uh, customers is where you get, um where who you want to help. Is it is it better to like identify the customer first or actually designing the product first and then um, like identify the customers what they need or design a product and then find a a, a customer for it. In, in your experience, always. which one, which one would be better?
1: Always find out uh, find out your target customer and always understand what their problems are. Okay. Because what, what that tells you is the thing that you need to make. If you can observe their problems, if you have 100% confidence that my entire target customer segment is facing, every one of them is facing a specific problem, then you know you've got to solve that. Then your chances of being successful are almost assured because you know you know what they need and you're providing it to them.
0: Hmm. It's very interesting as well. It's, it's true. Um, it, it, this is not just for product It actually goes for product and services as well. So identifying the target audience and finding who they are and what they need and then design that product and then just give them what they need. You're actually be more successful. So like, ah, oh man, I, I love talking about this because I'm actually passionate about it is that gap between where your customer wants to go. And then you're building that product that, that the, the the gap for for how they the the product that would help that customer to get where they um where they want it to go and it's gonna sell because hey it's the product that they need or they want to actually get to where one they want it to go uh, it, it, that's very exciting to me uh, I want so it's just it's not just product and service uh, it's just product and services but dr him you have built you have helped a lot of startups all over the world. If I were to build a product and, you know, it's gonna, which, do you suggest moving into different places so that um, the product would be cheaper or should you, we stay at the places where the product will put it? Like, let's say San Francisco, if I design a product, San Francisco, I'm going to have a lot of, probably investors or people that could help me out? Or should I decide it to a, a place where it's actually cheaper to design the
1: product? That's an inter- interesting question. And you could have, uh, I would say, multiple answers to that. Mm-hmm. What I prefer doing is, like design thinking, uh, there are there's something called as the three business challenge framework.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and the way this goes is, first you have to figure out uh, who the people are that need your product. And mm-hmm. you truly trying to understand that is there a need? Is there a core need? Or is it more of a yeah, nice to have kind of a thing? And anytime they go, eh, you're like, okay, that's not worth you spending your time on it. Because it means the other, other alternate solutions are good enough for them. Mm-hmm. So figure out where your customers are. And they mm-hmm. could be in different countries. So I live in India where the weather is different. You know, if you go, if you come to where I live and try to sell me heavy-duty, you know, uh, winter jackets with down feather, I would say that is not required. It's overkill for the city where I'm living. Mm-hmm. Up north in the country in India, where it gets very cold, that's the right market. I see, but not my city, right? So, firstly, figure out where your customers are. If there's a geographical limitation or or geographical preferences too. It matters, right? Our our food preferences change based on one country to another. In fact, even one city to another. Mm -hmm. So learn where your customer is living. Mm -hmm. Then the next question you've got to understand is, uh, especially when it comes to where should I make it and all that, you have what I call as the technical framework. And technical doesn't just mean technology. It means that I found what I need to make for my customers. Do I have the skill sets to make them? And if I don't, where do I find people who can make it? So if they are the manufacturing skill set is there in some other place, which is better for you, maybe you go there. Because that will reduce your time to market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. third factor is business. That once you create a product, you're making it for a certain price, X. You want to sell it a bit more than that price to cover... Your expenses and everything else. Hopefully, leave you with a tiny bit of profit that you can do it, you can use it for other things. So, the third factor is okay, where can you create this thing so that you have a financially viable business plan? (laughs) Right? It it means if it means going to some other place to set up the manufacturing, uh, set up the services, all that, you might have to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm So, you have
1: to look at all these factors.
0: That that's like the the big the, the 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 big thing, and it's true you have to consider all of that, um, Doctor Heman. We're almost out of time, but I have like a few more questions for you. Um, if you if it was me, and I, you know, some of us have a lot of ideas we want to create a product we want to do, and we want to chase all of them. How can we decide if um, the the product or the idea that we wanted to create is something that is worth chasing to or worth building?
1: Firstly, congratulate yourself if you have multiple ideas. A lot mm-hmm. of people would you know, would give up anything to be in your place if you have, say, 10 things to choose from. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, you cannot go after all of them. You have to prioritize. And hopefully, if you've taken a bit of things from the design thinking framework, it is understanding what your customer truly needs, what is the most important problem that they have. And that should give you like a compass that this is the problem you need to solve. And any any of your ideas which apply towards that, you give them more weightage. So that's how you prioritize amongst your 10. Always look at the customer core needs. And also, the next thing would be your abilities. Because let's say, if you had to choose between two ideas, one, you could do it right away because you have all the know-how, you know the tools to make things, uh, and you can get get going on that much faster, whereas the other thing might require you to learn something over, say, a one-year period. Are you willing to wait that long, or would you rather get going today? (laughs) So use these couple of factors to make your decision.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely um, make the product that I can make today. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Much faster and we could we could see it. Okay, Dr. Himeng, um, wh- when it comes to business and you have helped a lot of businesses, startups, and you have businesses yourself, when it comes to business, what is success to you?
1: Success is actually a bit hard to define. I, What I personally like to do is is see if it makes you feel good in here. That Mm. at the end of the day, are you going home happy? And you can be happy by solving people's problems, that whatever you worked on got them going. And because you got them going, they were very happy paying you for that, paying Mm -hmm. you for your time, paying you for your product, which meant you could pay your staff, you could pay all the bills that you have to pay, and hopefully enjoy your life. If you get to a point like that, where your needs are taken care of, where you're working in a domain where you are creating, but importantly, you are helping others. To me, that is success.
0: Mm, helping others. Hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And when helping others and then making sure you feel good, what are you doing on a daily basis, that, like a routine for yourself that you think will contribute the most that contribute the most with that success that you mentioned, you know, helping others?
1: So for me, I like to teach people. I like to share what I know. I like to share Mm -hmm. what I've learned. So I try to engage with different audiences, be it startups, be it students, be it business owners. I've recently launched a podcast where I try to just convey my thoughts on innovation, but hopefully in a way that they can take action. Because my goal is not just to give theory, but I want I want them to see how I can implement it uh, in whatever they are doing. So that's, I try to, it's not a routine, but I try to do it more often than possible. (laughs)
0: hmm hmm that, that works, that works. And now we are putting ourselves out there to actually just share our ideas, share whatever it is that we're experiencing, and then you guys decide if you want to take action on, on it or whatever it is that you want to do, but we're just sharing our ideas and experience. And Dr. Himeng, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, Where can we find you, and how can we get in contact with you?
1: Great. So I have a website. It's called hemangs.com. It's my first name with my initial of the last name, H-E-M-A-N-G-S.com. You can find me there. Mm-hmm. You can also find me on LinkedIn. So just Google me up, Like just write, uh, write my name. Hopefully, you'll see me. Uh, I'm fairly active, so you hopefully should see me amongst the first uh, couple of results that pop up. <laughs> um, so uh, all my contact information is there. Uh, I'm happy to connect with anyone. If I can mm-hmm. help you with any problem, just feel free to let me know.
0: Okay guys um, if especially if you are you are designing a product and then you want to you you want to contact Dr. Himeng and so that get his expertise because he has helped a lot of startups um, designing a product that people would want and just getting in contact with him is actually it's Himen the the uh, is it a- uh, com is that it correct all right, and then um, yeah, just connect with them. And again, thank you so much after him and for coming on to the show. And that's it from from us. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much thank for joining, and uh, we'll
1: see you later.